This is a HeadGum Podcast. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to Buckets. A new year has begun. A new season is upon us. And despite being on a minutes restriction, as we ease our way back into action, we are back with Billy Scafuri. You getting bucket buckets. Game on, Amir. We're back, buddy. Wow. What a fucking long ass. How long has it been since we talked last? Years? Years, weeks. Time knows no concept at this point. It's just a big blur. The Lakers won the championship about 48 hours ago, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. We're both the NBA champions and also a two and two basketball team. I don't know how that happened, but here we are. When you say two and two basketball team, are you talking about my beloved New York Knicks or your beloved here Los Angeles Lakers? Here we go. Lakers? Here we go. Equal now we're footing. in it. Equal Finally. footing. <laughs> Finally. Let's go. Get into it already. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, dog, we're good now. We are good. Juju Randall, baby. <laughs> so, so every team has played two, three, or four games, mostly three or four games. And I, uh, this is kind of an interesting part of the season because you don't know whether, okay, is this the new reality or just like a random four-game sample size? Like, right. did the Magic go 4-0 and in the middle of last season? We just didn't care because they were also like 13-29 and before that. Right. Probably. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the math. Nope. Uh, so I thought we should play a game that I called, is this the trend or the end? You get that? Got it. Yeah. There'd be a really yeah. cool like guitar sting if this was a radio show right now. Like, exactly. Exactly. The mm-hmm. trend or the end. So me and you found some common themes. Have you been watching a lot of basketball this first week? I have been watching a lot of basketball and I've been watching even more fan duel points go up and down. I've been watching more digital points go up and yep. down than actual basketballs being dribbled. Yeah, we're back on the the daily fantasy. Um, it's like we never went away. It just it's like riding a bike. You know, you just get right back into it, and suddenly you care about Lori Markinen's minute restrictions. Like <laughs> you're totally Who's right. Fucked you. Who's <laughs> fucked you recently in FanDuel that you're like, why did I do this? And now he has 0.5 points. I mean, Lou Dort, man. We. I, it's. <laughs> I'm reminded of all of the things where it's like on back to backs when a guy has a good game, and then you're like, well, he's obviously going to have another good game, and then he doesn't That's have right. a good game because he already had his one good game of the back to back. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to go twenty and ten on two nights in a row against the same team that is now sort of planning on you know. That's right. Defending yeah. him differently. Unless you're Jokic, and then you're averaging like 25, 16, and 12 every single night. What is going yeah, on he, there? Jesus. He's got the numbers that everyone thought Luka would have. So it's like, all right, is Jokic now an MVP candidate? That's I right. Guess. Yeah. I mean, Yo- uh, uh, Harden also, I mean, coming off of five straight strip club appearances, had 44 and 17. So <laughs> yes, 40. That's two good games. It's two 22 and nine games yes. in one game, yeah. which are both good games. <laughs> yeah. So uh, FanDuel is back and so is the NBA. Uh, okay. Here's the first theme that I drummed up. Let's, uh, let's see if uh, you think this is the trend or the end. Um injuries specifically calf injuries but we could talk about injuries in general people seem to be getting hurt at a much higher clip than the last couple years but maybe that's just anecdotal evidence what do you think i think that is probably a trend for now that will start to end halfway through the season you know i think that everyone's coming off of there's players who haven't played for half a season when other guys were in the bubble and now they're forced to play real NBA action, not just like five on five, like practice games, you know? So yeah, I think some bodies are like kind of waking up and a little shocked. Then there's the Kevin loves of the world where it's like, you got your one and a half games in for the season. This is exactly how we knew it was going to go. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, so why specifically cat? I just searched fantasy labs, NBA calf on Twitter. And mm-hmm. it's just like, Laurie Marketing, calf questionable. Josh Richardson, calf probable. Kevin Love, calf out three to four weeks. AD missed the game because of calf. Um, Obi Toppin, Jermichael perhaps? Green. 
what is what's the oh yeah obi is obi toppin like played one game this year and then hurt his calf instantly yeah Yeah, calves why is it the calf (laughs) i guess running and jumping is uh, one of the more uh, important elements of basketball in general and uh (laughs) right the calf does most train you can train for nine months and then you play one game you're like actually my calf can't stand this it's over it's ruined it's done yeah kevin love you made this joke first so all credit due to you plays for the cleveland calves there we go. <laughs> right. He is a great Cleveland calf. Right. And then the Cavs are doing great despite these calves. Yeah, until um, they ran into the buzzsaw that is the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah the, ca- um, so the whole calf thing is... soft tissue injuries, that's a, that's a haven't played in a while, and this is to be expected? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's a lot better than a torn ACL, uh, shout out Spencer Dinwiddie, or like MCLs, you know? It's better than Achilles, so if it has to be an yeah. injury. It is weird, though, the spectrum where... Obi Toppin has a strained calf, and his projected timeline is he'll be looked at in about a week. Doctors will start looking at him in a week. Kevin Love has a strained calf, and he has a like four-week um, timeout. So <laughs> yeah. not all calves are built uh, the same, I guess, is the lesson there. And is it, yeah, is it an age thing? Is it a Cleveland thing? Is it like, did he actually injure his calf more hard than Obi Toppin did, I wonder. Well, it was weird because he missed most of the preseason. This is Kevin Love. Then he missed the first game of the season, came back the second, and played like 38 minutes into overtime on the first leg of a (laughs) first leg, uh, pun intended, of a back-to-back. He played the back-to-back game, which made no sense because healthy guys like LeBron aren't even supposed to be playing in those games. And he played eight minutes and then got taken off the court and is out for four weeks. So... (laughs) And I never, I never see the calf injury. It's always just like, where did that person go? Oh, now he's gone because he has a calf. Like you never, it's like, unlike with an ankle, like John Morant, John Morant landed on a foot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I saw that injury. Mm-hmm. You never see the calf injury. It seems yeah. like it happens in silence. Yeah, you can really kind of use that as a scapegoat where it's like, if the Cleveland Cavs uh, didn't want him to play or they want to use him as trade bait, they can just say, oh, it's a calf injury, you know, and, and that's that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the new back spasms. Right. It's the new Paul Pierce going in a wheelchair because he hurt himself, but really it's because he pooped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no one could really know in the your, moment. Have you ever injured your calf? I don't think I've ever injured my calf because, as we've established, it's a fake injury made up by uh, GMs and coaches alike. That's right, yeah. What yeah. about a hammy? Ever heard a lower leg, a hammy? Yeah, pull the, pull the hammy. Those take forever to heal. They take forever to yeah. heal. Yeah. That's a sprinting injury, right? It's just like, oh, something like a rubber band snapped in the back of my leg. Yeah, it's one of those you pull up. You're running and then suddenly you pull up and you're like <laughs> hopping on one leg and you're like, this isn't good at all. That happened to, I think Embiid yesterday strained his hammy. Did he? Because he had like 28 yeah. and 16 last night. <laughs> he did. And then I think he hurt his hammy. Wow. So he was on pace for like a 40-40 game. Yeah, you know, just another classic 40-40 game against... Uh, Toronto, who's also struggling. All right, what's your next theme? Um, my next theme is, well, it's not so much a theme. I guess it's more of a question. Um, is it a trend or the end? Do you think that at the end of this season, so most teams don't, do all teams not have fans in the stands right now? Are there some teams that have fans in the stands? Some teams, I think, have minimal fans in the stands. I okay. think I saw Utah. They were like, this is how the minimal fans in the stands should act during this situation. But yeah, most do not. I think it's safe to assume that you and I both think that's absurd. More than 300,000 people have died from a disease <laughs> in less than one calendar year. So no reason to yeah. force that. Do you think, though, that with the Vax, that every team in the NBA will have fans in the stands by game 72? Uh, I don't, I'm pessimistic about the rollout of this vaccine. It seems to be going very slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by the time we can have new, like by the time fans get in the stand, I feel like we have to have given out tens of millions of vaccine. And I don't know if that'll happen in like March or April. Got it. So we're saying that this is the end of fans for this season, correct? I think, yeah, I think some states will be fucking crazy and like, just go for it. Mm-hmm uh because they don't give a shit like i don't know teams in florida right but i think the majority of teams will not have i think this is the trend i think it's a trend that's going to stick around until at least the playoffs oh wow that'd be interesting if for the playoffs they brought in fans and then shit hit the fan (laughs) the irony of it all (laughs) (laughs) shit will actually hit the fans who decided to show up (laughs) that is right um that's also very depressing i mean we've had we've had a 
we've had like fans at college football games. Like you look at like some of these like bowl games. It's like why are there twenty five thousand people at this like North Carolina football game? Because of money, man. It's the yeah. worst. <laughs> <laughs> it is the absolute so, in worst. theory. It should happen. Yeah, indoors too, but. I'm curious, we'll as see. you, the fan, have you adapted? Do you miss, I, of course we miss the fans, but like, do you care now? Do you feel like an element is actively missing from your watching experience? Yeah, sadly I'm getting used to it, but it does like, like a home team hits back-to-back threes and it's just like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no eruption. There's no momentum. There's no like fans trying to get a team back into it. Home team's down eight with like four minutes left. Let's right. Like, get on your feet and try to root this team back. It's just like, yeah. It feels like a practice game or something. I'm with you, though. It has normalized, and that's a bad thing, where it's like, I don't expect yeah. fans, so I'm not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, or there's, like, the piped-in noise that just feels, like, weirdly artificial. Like, they only have, like, one type of fan noise, and it's, like, joy, so, like, they just use it whenever. <laughs> All right, it was an out-of-bounds. It's not the same as when a three goes down. You don't have to, like, do, like, the extreme jubilation. I remember when the NBA.com tried to come up with a thing where it's like, you can click this button to enhance crowd noise in the stadium. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always, like, a little delayed. Like, a three goes in, and then it's, this guy's looking for a button. All right, now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you miss the next shot because you're looking for where the joy button is. <laughs> Not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal at all. Nope. Uh, all right. Here's the theme. Huge, massive, boring blowouts. Uh, Clippers lost by 51 against Dallas. Yeah. That was a Saturday matinee game. Then yesterday, Milwaukee beat Miami by 47. 47. Right. Yeah. At one point, the Suns were up by like 42. It's like, what's the deal there? Is that a, a byproduct of the no fans? Is it the COVID? Is it just a random aberration? I think it's a random aberration, I think, because if you watched that Clippers game, they couldn't score. Like, they had quarters where they scored, like, 12. (laughs) I mean, the coach coach could tell you not to score, and it would still be hard to only score 12. You know, like, like sometimes the ball just doesn't go in. Um, So why did it just happen twice in the last week? Like, these are 40-plus point blowouts. You're saying it's more of the end than the trend i guess so however i guess that what would play against what i'm saying and would be the trend is that day where um the knicks beat where so it was the mavs beat the clips then the knicks beat the bucks by like 20 or 30 points it was the day where nothing made sense like of course the lakers ended up beating the timberwolves at the end of the day but it was like there was like four upside down games so what it does kind of feel like is that like the worst teams aren't going to be as bad as we thought and the best teams might not be as great as we thought you know on a day-to-day basis yes yeah Yeah. the clippers shouldn't lose i remember those yeah, I remember those games because I bet um, an actual, like a money line parlay. I'm like, let me just get these three obvious favorites to win. Who messes this up? The Bucks just have to beat the Knicks. Come on. The Nets just have to beat the Hornets. Duh. And Kyrie and Katie were playing. And then the Sixers had to beat the Cavs. Dude. These are all like, yeah, these are all no brainers. Truly no brainers. Within, within like two hours, the Nets had lost. The Cavs were up 30 <laughs> and the Knicks were up 27 in Milwaukee. It was. <laughs> The weirdest thing. I'm like, am I causing this weird shit to happen? If I had bet the opposite, it would have been like a 40 to 1 oh, uh, hit. 40 to 1 seems low. I mean, like, that would just be like, pick yeah. your pick your money. Like, you should get a million dollars if you picked that. It doesn't even matter what you bet. You should just get a million in return. Especially close games, maybe, but blowouts. Yeah, that, would have, that should have never happened. And all three of them happened in, like, the same, like, 20-minute chunk. So of those three games that you bet, which one were you most confident? Would it have to be the Bucks and the Knicks because I thought the Nets were going to absolutely smoke, smoke yeah. <laughs> the Hornets. <laughs> yes, it was three of the best teams against literally three of the worst teams. Yeah, and all the bottom feeders destroyed the top guys. And like, the Hornets. Why Nets did the game, Knicks beat the Bucks by forty? And that, then the next game, the Bucks won by fifty. The, and the Nets game, I agree, it makes no sense. And the Nets game, it was like a good hard fight in the fourth quarter. It wasn't even like the Nets just like gave up and they're like, who cares about this game? Like they like Durant yeah. missed like a, a baseline buzzer beater to try and tie it. Like <laughs> they lost a good hard game. Like it was basketball. So it really made yeah. no sense. They are so far the superior team. <laughs> Yes, and then the Nets rested Kyrie and KD and almost beat the Grizzlies the next night. Yeah, whatever. Weird, weird stuff. It's it's been a weird week for sure. Um, all right, do you have another the trend or the end? 
The Raptors haven't won a basketball game in the NBA this year. Am I right in saying that? That's right. They have been their own four. Yes. They have been one of those teams where it's like, it doesn't even matter if they have superstars or not. They're well coached. They have a great GM. They are going to be a three seed no matter what. Are they going to be a bad team all year this year? The trend or the end, Amir? (laughs) I have to think they're not going to be 0-72. They're going to get back to 500, I would think. I think this is the end. I think they're just having a weird start. Like, They've they've played some tough teams and they've played some close games and like if they were one and three or two and two we wouldn't mm. re- really be talking about them right but now. But zero and four is different because after each loss you get on the plane and you talk to your teammates and you say not again not again like good teams find a way of kind of like willing themselves to say well we're not going to lose the next game after that loss and they haven't yeah. done that yet we haven't seen them win a game so it is worthy of saying is it a trend I'm starting to think that like their run of just being a very competent team might just be over you know like okay here here's what it is they they've they're actually oh and three not oh and four mm-hmm. so there we go Big. their fourth game should be an exciting one it's against your new york knickerbockers i'm telling you man not an easy game anymore <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> it's not a guaranteed and- win and that is, of course, at their home stadium of the Amali Arena in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> so maybe that has something to do with it. the fact that they're playing in an empty arena in Tampa Bay. Is that a Major League Soccer stadium? I've never even heard of the company, <laughs> Amali. Is that like a sparkling water company? <laughs> um, yes, it's named after a thing we've never heard of in a city that doesn't have any basketball presence whatsoever. I don't know what's general, generally happening at the Amali Arena in Tampa. But Some guy named are. John Amali had 15 Bitcoin and decided to buy a stadium, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Raptors showed up. Uh, yeah, very bizarre. So you think? Uh, yeah, I think the tell I me why the raps turn it around. Tell me why. Tell me their path to success. Siakam starts to just explode. Kyle Lowry figures things out. OG Anunoby yeah, decides. Good, they have good players, and mm-hmm. the stats look pretty good. Van Vliet at twenty-seven one game. Siakam at fifteen boards. Lowry had almost had a triple double. They're close. They lost to the Spurs by five and the Sixers by seven. If they destroy the Knicks, then we won't like necessarily be talking about the Raptors as this weird aberration. Got it. So it's an overreaction right now. Just a couple of bad bounces. I think it's the end of that little, little mini run. Okay. Okay. Delve into the shadows of the mind with sleeping dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy award winner, Russell Crowe now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Um. All right. Sort of on that n- notion, uh, the top three teams in the East, of course, are the Orlando Magic at four and zero, the Atlanta Hawks at three and zero, and the Cavs are three and one. So these three teams, who were I think had the worst over unders going into the season, insane, uh, are twelve and one, right. eleven and one right now, right. just world beaters. Right. Uh, do these teams make the playoffs? Is this a trend or is this? the end of their reign i mean i think that orlando and atlanta are legit the calves of it all is nuts to me (laughs) (laughs) so you think orlando is pretty good i do think they're pretty good i think that they've always been pretty good and somehow they've just like turned a corner I, i haven't watched a minute of an orlando magic game like don't get me wrong they haven't gotten to that point where it's like must see tv like i have watched atlanta hawks basketball i haven't watched magic but i mean you don't go four and oh by accident you don't stumble into a four and oh you know yeah four and oh is pretty good can you point to why they are four and oh have you have you done any sort of like uh statistical research markel fultz is playing really well mm-hmm. oddly enough mm-hmm. so jonathan like, isaac there or is it terrence no, ross he's it's, like an acl it's terrence ross i'm thinking injury. of right yeah right um 
remember Chris Wendelkin in the fantasy, the over-under draft, where he's like, I'm just going to take all these shitty teams Dude. in the East to <laughs> perform poorly. Yeah. So his first pick was the Bulls under, which is doing well. Mm-hmm. But then he took the Magic under, Yikes. the Cavs under, Yikes. And, uh, <laughs> and the Wolves under, which is actually is doing poorly. I did not know so, that he took the Magic geez. under. That one hurts. The, my issue yeah. with Wendelkin's approach to the draft is, um, and I know he's listening to this, and I know that he's not going to like what he hears, but they were all okay. like 20 to 24 win projections, something like that, right? So yeah. They would have to, in order to get like a real big juicy win, like overall season win from those teams, they would have to win like 12 or 13 games to get like a plus eight for yes. him. And that just seemed, That's right. that seems highly unlikely. At best, it seems like they would win 17 and he might get a plus three or plus four from those teams. So Yeah, although I will say he also took the Pistons under, and that was 23 and a half. And yeah, I guess I can see a world where they go 12 and 60. The Pistons are an absolute dumpster fire right. they're just a really weird weirdly assembled bad mojo team right now. right i mean the Cavs could have been 4-0 if they didn't run into the buzzsaw new york knicks <laughs> who are just straight up take no prisoners <laughs> okay so let me ask you this mm-hmm. knicks two and two mm-hmm. the trend or the end there are they a 500 team i don't know what their schedule looks like i don't know if they have okay. like a run of like five a plus games ahead of them where it's like they have to play the Lakers and Clippers back to back. And then they have to play like, uh, you know, just like the stud teams. I mean, they destroyed the bucks. So I don't know how much that matters. I just don't know if we can use that as a real example game. Like that game was bananas. Like everything went right for the Knicks. Everything went wrong for the bucks. And it seemed like spiritually at some point, both teams acknowledged this is just happening. Like in a seven game series, that's not happening again. You know, that's not going to be four right. games for the Knicks. But I will say that they are far more competent than I think most people gave them credit for. I do think that Tibbs is making them improve game by game, which I'm surprised by. And I do think that one of the Knicks fans' least favorite players, Julius Randle, has been performing at the height and beyond the height of his abilities thus far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where it's like, Let's play Randall so that he plays well and we can trade him. And now it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. he's playing so well. Should we just have him? He's already on our team. Like, wait, why are we trading this guy if he goes for 24 tri- point triple doubles? Right. Maybe we should just keep him. I, the Knicks have been so bad for so long that the only, like when we have a successful player, our whole thought is, well, let's get rid of him because we're going to be bad. <laughs> so it's like, why have one good player? You know, but now it's like, wait, we're two and two and he's had a triple double. We've had like nine triple doubles in the past 20 years. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) They put up a list during the Knicks game last night on the screen of the Knicks triple doubles, which is already so humiliating (laughs) that like you would have. Because like Luca had like 28 last year alone. Russell Westbrook averaged one for two straight years. And they put up a list of just like overall. Nick's triple doubles and like Latrell Sprewell was on the list. Like it was really, <laughs> they went back on it. And I got to say, I mean, Juju had one last night and it was like, okay, he's our point guard. He's our power forward. He's our shooting guard. It's like, I'll take it. And it's not been the young guy, like quickly in top in which we're like, let's get them as many reps as possible. Instantly got hurt. Yep. And now like Randall and Alec Burke and uh i guess rj barrett is one of the youngsters is playing so well yeah i mean we're just competent and that is so far and away what knicks fans are used to like the knicks games always start in the fourth quarter it's like the fourth yeah that's when the that's when the knicks games happen that's when we lose the quarter by like 25 points and we're like well we looked good for a minute and this year we're finishing that's the big difference i think we're holding leads we're playing defense yeah you got a a tough stretch coming up i will say i looked up the knicks schedule it's the raptors are next Mm -hmm. So the Raptors are who are starving for a win. That's right. Then the Pacers. Tough. Pacers are real good this yeah. year. Pacers are very good. And then you're playing the Hawks, another overperforming team that can't seem to be stopped. Mm-hmm. Those are then you go home mm-hmm. for the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Nuggets. And two of those three are pretty hard Crap. as well. Crap. Well, those three Eastern Conference yeah. games, I mean, there's a world in which we go two and one. Because that's what you're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, the Raptors haven't won a game yet, so we can at least tell ourselves that. The Atlanta Hawks are overperforming, so we can at least tell ourselves that. And, I mean, so are the Pacers to a certain extent. Although I will say, the yeah. Domantis Sabonis dog is killing. He's a, he's a beast. He's killing everyone. <laughs> and now he's jacked. He was always tall and good, but now he flexes after he does cool moves. And you're like, look at those goddamn arms. He kind of reminds me of Julius a little bit. They're both like these huge lefty bulls that can't seem to be guarded. How many years has he been in the league? Three? 
Demontis? Uh, yeah, three or four. He is. He's always been good and always getting better. But this year is the year. Like week one, I think he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Yes, he was. Him and Ingram. Yeah, for the East and West. I gotta say, man, Ingram, what a leap! That dude is. He's arrived too. It seems like. He, yeah, he made it. He did it last year too. He was averaging twenty some odd points. But yeah, now he's like getting into that echelon of guy who just like can't be stopped if he's on it yeah and i'll say this to anyone who plays FanDuel or DraftKings: um if the option is kevin durant at 9500 or brandon ingram at 7800 take ingram all day every day because he just he provides so many more categories like i was watching durant and the dude is a walking 28 point game you know walking 40 point game no problem but he doesn't yeah. <laughs> rebound he always runs out to the wing immediately like he just doesn't get those extra stats yeah, I guess why do you need to? Like, I remember after I hurt my ankle, I'm like, I'm just not going to jump in the paint mm-hmm. anymore. Like, there's no reason for Kevin Durant to jump into, I don't know, whoever he's playing, Aaron Baines, Mm-mm. like 30 times a game. If you get five rebounds from Kevin Durant, you should consider that a win if you're a fantasy player. Yeah. yeah. And then ideally, like, a steal or a block because he's still very long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's just a little sidetrack. Fantasy is clearly on the front of the brain right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next trend. Next trend. Um, you texted me this today. There were no COVID cases in the NBA yeah. in this last round yeah. of tests. Have we yeah. seen the end of COVID in the NBA? <laughs> I, I'm curious to know how much of it is just because like 300 of them already had it. Mm. So like, it's like we've reached quote herd immunity mm-hmm. in the league. Mm-hmm. Like it's not very easy to get it again from what I understand. Uh, or is it just like people being safe? I would assume that's not going to keep up mm-hmm. in a non-bubble environment. You're going to have to get some cases. Right. And like when that happens, it's going to, you know, it's a contagious virus. More than one person is going to get it. All right. So this isn't, so that, that won't be a trend of zero, zero, zero for the next couple of weeks. Cause there's like some weird yeah. mystery PR happening where it's like, you sent me a text that said Caruso can't play for health reasons, period. And it was like, what aren't yeah. you saying? He's in the health and privacy protocol or something like health and safety protocol so it's like okay was he around someone who had covid at a family barbecue right did he just like go get a haircut i know probably not for caruso <laughs> or is it like this guy tested positive and now has coronavirus because i've never heard that expression health and safety protocol pre-covid no. era nba no like this is a whole Didn't new happen. right yes okay yeah. <laughs> so we're expecting a few more cases along the way probably yeah, and you know, like just like in the NFL, like two becomes eight becomes sixteen, yeah. and suddenly like you're traveling with a weird party. And we, I mean, the first game of the year for the Rockets and the Thunder was postponed. So that's actually going to be a, a follow up to that. Do you think that another game or team will have to postpone um, the entirety of the game or a couple of games due to, or is the Rockets going to be this one isolated incident that we all learned from? Yeah, I, I'm no, I'm I, I'd bet on that's not the only it just it can't be just that one game and then mm-hmm. never again. There's going to be another three to eight person flare up on a team, I would think. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me because this is one thing I haven't understood um, within the Rockets, how Boogie, yeah. John Wall and a few players specifically <laughs> were like you four, like no way you can come in. But like Harden, who was at a yeah. strip club for a while, is like you can. It's fine. Like what? Yeah. Do you know what they did or what their circumstances were? I believe it was like an indoor haircut situation. And then one of the guys actually, like one of the rookies had COVID who was in the room. No way. Whereas, whereas Harden just like went to a club Got it. slash strip club. And they're like, all right, just in case, spend four days in isolation. And if you test ne- negative for four days, then you're fine. Got it. So it was like that situation with the quarterback, some whatever football team that was, where they all went into that one room <laughs> together. And they were like, you yeah, four quarterbacks. Exactly. <laughs> You know, the quarterback room. Right, that one quarterback room that they all went to, and they couldn't play quarterback that day. Yeah, I think that was Denver. They started like a fifth-string wide receiver at quarterback. Turns out it's hard to play quarterback, God, weird, right? When you and your friends say, yeah. I could at least like throw 100 yards in the NFL, no, you couldn't, because <laughs> that dude was an all-state quarterback, and he was shook. <laughs> <laughs> he went like one of nine. He was shook. Like four picks. Get me out of here, yeah. coach. Get me out of here. <laughs> And I bet he's better than me at throwing the football. I just know it. Something just, tells me. Tell. Something tells me. The mechanics were there. The seventh step drop. He had it. He had it on uh, some of these fucking throws were tight spirals. Yeah, to the other to team. To the other team, but still. Right. 
Uh, okay, mm-hmm. here's a trend, Ern. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of what Trey Young is doing this season? He's doing a lot of offense. He's an absolute, to borrow the name of the show, he's an absolute bucket. I mean, it's insane how much he's scoring and how much he's getting to the foul line. What is, it's let's hear it. Do you have his line? impressive. Do you have his line in front of us? Yeah. Uh, Trey Young. Yeah, I had it up here. Um, here we go. He's averaging 34 points a game, Damn. seven assists, mm-hmm. and four rebounds. And his, um, I think he has like at least 12 free throws in all of those games. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a trend for the rest of the season. So he can lead the NBA in scoring yes. this year. Yes, because if we rewind just a few years to Trey in college, do you remember how he was like so much better at offense than everybody else? Like he was just like yeah, this like freak. pulling up from the logo. Yeah, yeah. And so there's no reason to believe that he couldn't do that with his peers just a few years later in the NBA. And it could be the case that now he's just surrounded by more talent than he's ever been surrounded by. So he, the league can't Steph Curry him like they're doing to Steph, which is like. You didn't have yeah. talent, so we're just going to double and triple team you. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just maybe it's just so early for him, but I feel like we're not talking about him the way we talk about like Ja Morant or like some of these other mm. young guys who are like, you know, tw- like wow, this guy like Jason Tatum's like averaging twenty six points per game. Like, can he do that more? And it's like, all right, what if Trey Young is averaging thirty two points per game and he's twenty two years old and he's also getting to the line, and he's also leading his team in assists, yeah. like. Is he first team All NBA? Yes. Like, is there, is oh yeah. Curry oh yeah. With those numbers, I mean, right. like no one can. If he can hold those numbers throughout the whole season, you're the MVP. Like, I mean, you <laughs> are right. Thirty-four, eight, well, and four. Know. I mean, did. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Plus, your team is his three and one. I mean, they scored a hundred and sixty in their first game. Am I wrong in saying that? A buck sixty. The Hawks? Yeah, didn't they score? No, they're three and zero. They haven't lost. So I mean, he's unstoppable, clearly. But what was? Do you have their first yeah. first game score in front of you? I think they scored like one forty, maybe out the gate. They couldn't <laughs> stop scoring. It was freaky. Yeah. So they they won one twenty eight to one twelve, okay. then one twenty two to one twelve, okay. then one twenty four to one. So that's what I'm so they're saying. averaging like hundred and twenty some odd a game. Yeah, unstoppable unstoppable uh it would be cool if after all this trey young did become the better player to luka Doncic. Mm. that would be like a complete reverse less than what all the basketball nerds have been saying for the last three years i mean it's starting to become at least statistically true i mean it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah luka came in with i think he was the mvp favorite uh to win i don't know if that's still true anymore yeah so what's going on with luka right now because in the bubble he was a freak he was a walking triple double like without question. Yeah. And now it seems like his numbers have all kind of come down. Is this again, just a trend um, where it's just like, he is just kind of getting warmed up. It's three games into the season. We're overreacting. Um, Cause they're what one in two. And he hasn't had a triple double yet. He hasn't had that kind of freaky game. Yeah. His team did beat the Clippers by 51 game, but yeah, that was cool. Yeah. But he doesn't look yeah. as unstoppable I- as he did, at least in the bubble. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. And everyone was like, this guy is going to lead his team even without Porzingis. And now the talk is like, they really need Porzingis back there. Like, they're not that much without Porzingis. It's just Luca and a bunch of role players without Porzingis. Right. <laughs> it's like, all right, that narrative changed very quickly. Put some respect on Dorian Finney-Smith's name, dogs. Show Dwight <laughs> Powell some love. Show Maxi Kleber some love. Some goons. <laughs> Yeah, it's it really is like Luka Doncic and like nine of the same players. So it's like Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., mm-hmm. Trey Burke. Mm-hmm. It's just like six foot something inch buckets next to Luka Doncic, and then a few tall guys as well. And as a Knicks fan, we would love to see the Mavs underperform all season because we have their first round pick in a stacked 2021 draft. That's next year or the year after? We have their 2021 first. I believe we have their 2022 second and then their 2023 first. Wow. For a player who doesn't seem to uh, be able to play basketball very much. Fleeced them, Amir. Fleeced them well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Do you have any last themes? Um, I think we covered most of my themes. How are you doing on your themes? I got a few left. Why don't you uh, rifle through some themes? Uh, The Wizards haven't won a game. They had Beal, they had Westbrook, all these role mm-hmm. players, uh, Bertans, mm-hmm. Thomas Bryant, played pretty well last year, mm-hmm. didn't play any defense. And then it's like, oh, Westbrook's joining this team. They're replacing John Wall, who didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. This could be a playoff team. This could be a top five team. Yeah. And they just 
haven't won yet. I think they rip off wins. I think that they. I think that that team trends up throughout the course of the season. Yeah, it's it's so basically it's like a complete topsy turvy. Like teams that are zero and four now, like Washington and Toronto, you would assume start playing well and make the playoffs. And teams that are four and zero, three and one, right? Orlando, Cavs, Hawks might miss the playoffs. I am curious. Yes, I think so. I just don't think that they're as bad as their record shows. I feel bad for the coach because he got Russell Westbrook. I'm sure he, the coach had a game plan going into this season with the <laughs> roster that he had. And he was like, this is how I'm going to use this roster. And then like out of nowhere, it seems like the GM woke up one morning. He's like, I'm just going to like fuck around right now. I'm going to fuck around and just trade wall for Westbrook. And the coach was like, not in the plans, guy. <laughs> well, you know who the coach is. Who's the coach? Westbrook's old coach from Oklahoma City, Scott Brooks. Oh my God. So if anybody knows how to use Westbrook or doesn't, maybe it is Scott Brooks. I wonder if he's like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I finally escaped Russell, and it's like, good news. We, we traded for Russell. We got your guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not my no, guy. No, no, no. I actually guy. left. I actively left. I, it didn't really work out the first time. Okay, okay. No, no. He's here. Great, great. Okay. Welcome, Russ. Hey, Russell. I mean, it's tough to <laughs> just automatically make a player like that work. Like, he's going to get you your triple-double, but schemes really help. Like, if your team has a scheme that you do well based on the roster, and that was really just, like, throwing in a talent bomb into the middle of whatever your plan probably was. But it seems like he's playing all right. Like, he had a triple-double, too, didn't he? And Beal is bananas. Like, Beal's like a top-five dude in the NBA, it seems. Like, his lines, at the end of the day, are just... Him and DeRozan both have been, like, averaging, like near triple doubles like quiet near triple doubles like nine assists themselves yeah i wonder if this is finally the time where they say all right we're owing four we can't make it work with westbrook and all these people and beal let's try to blow it up and send beal to i don't know mm. dallas or houston damn. or somewhere god damn that would be wild if that was somehow the reason that beal got moved because westbrook showed up by accident overnight <laughs> i think they figure it out I mean, beal would be like a, a championship caliber third banana on like any of these teams with like imagine beal is the third player on the clippers mm-hmm. or beal on the third player as i don't know phoenix or utah mm-hmm. or dallas mm-hmm. he'd be like a he would change the landscape of the playoffs and a lot of teams have like a lot of youngsters great role players and picks to offer for him. he seems happy there like in his interviews that i've heard where he's like interviewed on all the smoke or knuckleheads or whatever shows they are it's like he does actively seem like he likes being in washington he wants to make them a winner so it seems like he is a a loyal dude who can really play ball but he just hasn't won it's it's pretty it must be pretty frustrating yeah he did well with john wall like they won a few playoff series mm-hmm. they were kind of like, years ago right yeah the playoff darlings yes and like 2016 they like they would always like run into like toronto or the Cavs, right but they would do well in the first couple rounds and for whatever reason yeah beal never got much further than that but he's also still young i think he's only like 26 or 27 still so maybe it's like an anthony davis thing where it's like if he's your best right. player and he's a 22 you might not go far but like if you pair him with like one of the a plus mm-hmm. elite level superstars they can you know win a championship speaking of which let's talk about that trend real quick your los angeles lakers they in yeah. their wins they look like their championship team but in their losses yep. they have looked sluggish lethargic and a little just like mentally checked out frankly <laughs> yeah is that which i think yeah. i think it's a championship thing like we won a championship in october and now it's december 29th and we're playing the minnesota timberwolves and it's like excuse me for not giving it my all right now but i know we're two and one or it was portland yeah we, i know we're two and one i don't have to like you know try my damnedest right now where it's like it's about figuring things out staying hmm. injury free yeah. and not like playing 42 minutes a night see now i think that that's coaching like a coach will say i'm only going to play anthony davis 24 minutes this game i don't care it's game yeah. four of a 72 game season the playoffs <laughs> are the only thing that matter but when the yeah. when the players are on the court, there has been like kind of just this like indif. It's it's overstating it to say there's an indifference, but there isn't like you think that the players just like turn yeah. up when they're on the court, you know, like they're still going to just play yeah. hard because they're NBA basketball players and that's what they do. But they haven't had that yeah. energy. They had yeah they had in like the wins, but in the losses they just look kind of like you said like disinterested i think it is like it we've had a four game preseason and now this is game three and we just won a championship and it's like i'm not i'm so i'm using this almost like as a, as a glorified preseason mm-hmm. to like 
let me work on my 18 foot mid range shot right. instead of trying to like bruise down low and try to jump for rebounds right now. Yeah. But Anthony Davis looked really either hung over or hurt or tired and uh, the loss against Portland. I'm not, I don't know if I'll ever get over game one, LeBron James facing the other way during uh, Morris's free throws. <laughs> I know you're going to tell me that he was talking to his former friend, maybe a former coach, maybe it was Ty Lu, whoever. You don't do that, man. He showed up his teammate. It looked so weird and bad. So weird and I need to watch that again. Bad. <laughs> I think it it felt like a preseason game to him. Like he's like, I'm going to use this as a tune-up, a playoff, a, a practice game, I should say. And I think Marquise was laughing at the line. I have to watch yeah, that. He was again. laughing but at I the think, line. Like Morris didn't seem to. He care. was definitely yeah. laughing at the line. But I will tell you, athlete to athlete, he was laughing at the line because the guy who is doing it <laughs> is the king, and you can't be mad. But like in the back of his mind, he's saying this asshole. He's like, I'm an NBA player. Really? I, how could you wow. not? Like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think because he's Markeith Morris and the other guy's LeBron James. And I feel like it's like, you know, he, he, he like you said, he's the king. He's the goat. He's the birthday boy, by the way. Shout out to LeBron. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday. birthday. Happy something. birthday. But yeah. face the right way. I mean, like, I'm an <laughs> NBA player, too. It's like you're making my free throws about you right now, LeBron. Like, share the spotlight, dog. Like, what? This is it. bad. Te- I thought it was just a yeah. bad teammate move. I'll just say that. Interesting. Yeah. I mean. It, it definitely was game one vibes. I don't know if he does that in the playoffs or whatever, or even like in no. a closer regular season. Yeah, game. no, he doesn't. No, no, no. But I'm curious how the Lakers, like, do they come out and play with a chip on their shoulder tonight? Or is it still like, eh, it's December 30th. It's game five of 72. Right. Relax a little mm-hmm. bit. We don't need to win these games yet. What was their over-under? Was it 49? They're, not, they're probably not wrong. Like, what team, even if the Lakers are the sixth seed, like, what team do they fear in the three? It's like, oh, shit, we're playing Utah instead of Denver. Or we're playing Houston instead of San Antonio. Like, does it really matter? No, it all feels pretty similar. Those, like, three through eight teams. But the fear is that the Lakers become one of those Denver and Utah-type teams where it's like, <laughs> you didn't steamroll us. You didn't win 52 of your 72 games. You won your 42 yeah. like all of us. And now there's no fear in the same way, you know? I don't know. They right. still have. Which This is the se- this is the season I thought they'd have last year because it's, like, a new team with Anthony Davis. But for whatever reason, last year we were like, went off to a, this hot start. I think we were 19 and three in the first couple mm-hmm. months. So I thought we would like slowly on ramp as like LeBron st- figured out his teammates, but like, no, that's, that's this year. I'll tell you one thing I think you're going to miss strangely enough, Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard both, was yeah. a real, both of our centers. McGee was definitely who he was and he had a good season last year, but Howard was like this slick and weird 10 rebounds and just muscle in the middle when, you know, yeah. when you just needed it. Like, Gasol will do what Gasol does. I guess he'll have some hot games along the way. But Howard was this weird, clever piece that I think really helped you dudes last year and got you lots of wins. Yeah, especially, like, as the backup role where it's like, okay, now it's our second unit, and we just need to rage on Rondo to throw lobs to Dwight mm-hmm. Howard. Dwight Howard to put back mm-hmm. and get six offensive rebounds and dominate this undersized center. Now our backup is six foot eight inch Montrez Harrell or our starter Marcus All. Mm-hmm. Neither of these guys are bodying up anybody. Yeah, watching Harold, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like this dude's going to win us some games? He, I'm a little, I'm, I'm fair think, weather on him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm I I guess I think of him as an upgrade over Dwight Howard mm. in that he's mm. like a good bench backup center. Mm-hmm. I'm a still I still think we need to find some sort of buyout or trade for a legit seven footer to play either instead of Marc Gasol mm-hmm. or when Marcus Gasol is wants to rest or needs a break. We we're missing that JaVale McGee type. But you know we we found Dwight Howard in the middle of last year too, and everyone was clowning True. on us. So I wonder if there's any other seven footer who's either going to get waived. Like maybe it will be Javale McGee when the Cavs are four and sixteen, or another seven footer X to be named later that we can just plug in and play for eighteen minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys were long and athletic last year. Do you think your roster this year is currently better than your roster was last year? I think the common phrase which i kind of agree with is that we're better offensively and worse defensively mm, defense so wins like championships our, dog yeah like rondo became schroeder mm. who's like great at finishing and super much a lot better at like mid-range jumpers and three-pointers 
Uh, we turn McGee into Marcus Saul, who can hit threes. We turn Her- Dwight into Harrell, who can mm. you know get seventeen and eleven a game. But we're missing the the defense. But also, you know, Alex Caruso hasn't played, and he's oddly a big part of our defense. Right. We're like playing eleven people right now because like we don't want to play anybody mm-hmm. a lot of minutes. So it's like I'm we're not too concerned about all these games. Yet. Okay. Okay. Well, TBD, TBD, but you're two and two, just like my beloved New York Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And we're both, both of us are two games behind the beloved Orlando Magic, who can't seem to lose a game. 72 and 0, Mickey Mouse, Orlando Magic. Have you seen any uh, rookies? Real quick, we could talk about that before. we 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 sort of got into the draft this year. Have you like noticed any rookies now that they're actually playing basketball? Like, has it, have any of them caught your eyes? I've been watching because I have him on one of my fantasy teams, Anthony Edwards, who is he's a bulldog. He doesn't get a lot of stats, but he's he, I think he's going to be a very good player in this NBA. He's averaging like fourteen out the gate. Yeah. He just he shoots yeah. with like it's, he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. He I can't like I always like try to like put them into like who do they remind me of and like Anthony Edwards doesn't really remind me of anyone he's kind of like a taller Eric Bledsoe but like he's a much better shooter and jacked yeah he's super his arms yeah super his arms are like ready (laughs) NBA ready arms but yeah yeah for sure no one no one in the first three has been like mind-blowing I hate to say it and Wendelkin won't like hearing this when he inevitably hears this but Obi concerns me just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) he he's he from what I've seen he looks like a 17 year old where it's like this is a very raw product but he's also 20 right so like you you don't want him to be the super raw Amari Stoudemire freak and then also 22 right. it seems like he should have been 18 at this point it's like like Lamelo Ball it's like wow he's got some like flashes of what he can be but you know he's only 19 maybe by age 22 he could do something yeah. Obi Toppin looks he like kinda... he's just started playing organized basketball six years ago or Obi Toppin dribbles like me when I know that everyone else is better than me on the court. <laughs> <laughs> where it like it like mentally plays with my head and I like dribble with an open palm. Like I'm not like slick with yeah. the ball at all. I'm like, oh God, bounce, just bounce, just bounce. Oh God, please don't guard me too tight. Please don't guard me too tight. I mean th- And his threes are like huge arcing, like tor- when it swishes it looks beautiful, but like sometimes it just hits the other side of the backboard and doesn't even draw iron. You're like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm nervous because people get psyched about his dunking, but it's like if we just wanted cool dunkers, like you can find them. The guys who just like throw down. I get it. That's cool. You have some on your team yeah Yeah. i mean that's cool and like we don't even have a point guard that can really facilitate those great dunks right now so right i'm hopeful that he is going to completely prove me wrong uh it seems like the knicks front office leon really seemed like that's the dude he wanted and didn't take halliburton who does seem really well-rounded in sacramento Halliburton's been awesome. Yeah, holy just shit. Like He's a like, good... He looks like Malcolm Brogdon exactly. already. Yes. He looks just like great. that when the game comes naturally <laughs> to you at that age, it's like, well, you're going to be really good for a really long time. OB, it's like, yeah. should you be unproven at 22 coming out of Dayton? <laughs> TBD? He's a, day, he's a day younger than Jason Tatum, for example. Yeah. It's like by 22, you're supposed to sort of know who this guy but is. the one thing that is i constantly tell myself about him is that when you get to the nba just like when you get to the nfl it's like the speed of the game definitely is faster the guys are definitely bigger yeah. they definitely talk more shit and so it comes down to like slow the game down mentally like rj barrett seems like the game has slowed down a lot for him this season you know so yeah that's what i'm telling myself about him it's still early days yeah but he dribbles like but- me and that's very concerning you don't want to do anything like me actually i looked up trey young is almost identically your uh weight and height jesus i do yeah yeah Uh, yeah. it's cool to have an nba mvp who's like 6'1 175 yeah speaking of uh if that happens surprising sizes of nba players real quick amir because i think that this would be a good thing to seed out to the buckets listeners before we get out of here you sent me a text and you sent me a text about Giannis shoe size his shoe size is what number, Amir? <laughs> this is according to Google, and I personally don't even believe it. But if you Google search Giannis shoe size in big block lettering, like before it even sends you to a web page, Google's like, I got this. Giannis is a size 20. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so then I Which, asked yeah. you, I said, hey, Amir, who do you think has the smallest shoe size in the NBA? Right. And you said... Uh, Isaiah Thomas, but he's not in the NBA anymore. Anybody who's like under six feet, I would imagine as like a size 10. So I Googled Isaiah Thomas shoe size, and what did Google pop up with big block letters? 
12. So, <laughs> so it just says any, any NBA player. Is a so player. either Google tells you that every NBA player has a shoe size 12, which is its own yeah. funny little weird joke and quirk, or which I think is your shoe size. It's right? 11 and a half. So I mean, sure, if it's a, yeah. if it's a work boot, let's call it a 12. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so okay. let's seed out to the Buckets listeners and maybe the Reddit community. And if it is Reddit, make sure that you credit Buckets because we want to be a front page. We're trying to find yes. a single digit shoe in the NBA, not NBA history, because yeah. I'm sure that like Bob Cousy had an eight and a half. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Current 2020 to 2021 shoes. We're looking for a nine and a half or lower in the NBA. A women's ten, yes. ideally. Yes. <laughs> yes. A European forty-one. Right. Okay, I think it's. If possible. Giannis has a twelve, I, I highly anything doubt, is possible. I highly doubt Giannis is a twelve. I highly doubt. I can't believe that his 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 feet his hands are a twelve, <laughs> and that's like not even thinking about. There's no reason to think that his feet are a, a size one above that, me. That's that not makes me think that like you could put his left and right foot in Shaq's sneaker. <laughs> Yeah, well, sorry, 22, sure. right? They used to have like his like novelty <laughs> shoe in my local footlocker. And you know, just like one yes, single exactly. shoe to be like, look at this shoe. <laughs> it's a fucking bathroom. <laughs> right. Uh two things that came up earlier. Anthony Edwards, have you seen his interviews? He's a very dry, funny guy. Dude is confident uh, and hilarious. Clips. He's he kind of has like Jimmy Butler vibes already. Yes. And he's like, what, 18, 19 years old, like number one the, pick. He just like how he's like, I will be the best athlete at anything. And she's like, tennis? He's like, A one since day yeah. one. <laughs> she said she, one. she also said, um, you played baseball. He's like, Yeah, I batted fourth or fifth. He's like, clean up aisle three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know what that is? Clean up aisle three. <laughs> Amazing. Give me all that. Give me all that. Uh, and another rookie who looks like an absolute monster, who's, again, very rough because he only played four games in college and is 19 years old, so he has the right, right. to look like a a deer on skates, is James yeah. Weissman. I mean, have you seen him play? He's a fucking freak. Yeah. He's an absolute yeah. freak. He, like, jumps out of the gym, fucking goes co- coast to coast in four dribbles and yams on someone. You're like, holy shit. I think shit. It was, he's I'm pretty teenager. sure it was our favorite boiled hot dog, Mason Plumley, who went up for a shot. Weissman yeah. just like <laughs> blocked it, just like effortless, like don't shoot it in front of me, dude. He blocked it, took it, dribbled it, then Euro stepped over a dude and just threw it down. Kid is like 14 years old. Like, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely closer to a 14 year old than us. He's closer to a two-year-old than he is that to us. actually hurts That's that right. actually hurts yeah. <laughs> he's yeah he's 17 years away from a two-year-old and 18 years away from and us. he has a so, and surprisingly yeah, he has a size six shoe <laughs> i can't believe that i literally cannot believe right. that. according to google not in a way that's like unbelievable it's actually not right believable. uh all right cool let's uh it's almost time to start watching basketball again so let's do okay, that let's do it uh, and of course, thanks to you guys for listening. Let us know if there's any trends or ends we missed. Uh, we'll be on the tweets all the time. Billy, what's your uh, what's your handle? How can people find more of it's you? It's my name at Billy Scafiri on Twitter on at Instagram. That's right. It's that easy, folks. Let us know. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back in four more games, maybe maybe eight more games, so we can get a, a larger sample size. Will the Lakers be two and ten by then? Let's find out. Will together. the Knicks be ten and two? Most likely. <laughs> Enjoy. Bye, everybody. That was a HeadGum Podcast.